Hello, and welcome to the New Hope Church podcast. You're listening to our series, Sticks and Stones. Don't forget to check us out online at www.newhopechurch.tv and follow us on all social media at New Hope Church TV. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. Today we start a new series, which uh, coincidentally is a continuation of this series through the book of James. This summer we're going through the book of James, but we're doing so in three different series. It's not three repeats with different names of the series. It's three different kind of broad topics from the book of James. If you don't know James, who, who wrote the book of James is more than likely the half-brother of Jesus. He's writing to a church that has been scattered because of persecution. They have been or are going through persecution, but according to what we're gonna learn in this series, not necessarily today, but in the weeks to come, even if we're going through difficult times, it doesn't give us an excuse to say whatever we want. We're calling this series, as you can see on the screen, Sticks and Stones. We've grouped together all the manager mouth verses that are found in the book of James. When I sent in the request to the creative communications department of our church family, I sent in a request for a Sticks and Stones logo. This is not the first one they sent to me. This is the first one that they sent to me. (laughs) And if you laughed, you're old. Young people are like, what does that even mean? Don't worry about it. Uh, so we dialed it. I'm glad I have people with a sense of humor all around me, but uh, we dialed it back into the more church appropriate uh, form that you see on the screen right now. Today, I want to talk to you about your word versus God's word. Your word versus God's word. In America, love America, but in America, we have Bibles everywhere. We got Bibles everywhere. You can get them at the grocery store. You can get them in bookstores. You can get them, uh, you can find them in a hotel room when you're on vacation. You can even find multiple translations of the Bible and commentaries and everything else on your phone. There's several Bible apps, which are awesome. Some will even read it to you so you don't even have to look, okay? But also in America, we have free speech, which is also awesome, okay? We got Bibles everywhere, we got free speech. But here's what I think is happening nowadays. I believe there are an increasing number of people who would rather pick a fight with their words about a subject than to pick up God's words and see what he says about that same subject. There are a lot of people who believe nowadays that because they have the right to say anything, that anything they say is right. (laughs) But it's not. (laughs) It's not, is it? Okay? And just let me tell you, Put the cookies on the bottom shelf right now so everybody can reach them. Um, This is always true. Ken, I'm not just saying that. This is always true. And the more you investigate it, the more true it becomes, backed up by manuscript evidence, backed up by archaeological evidence. I mean, this book is backed up. So what God has said, he has either done or will do. You compare that to a normal human being, and I'm not saying that people are dishonest, but people often speak with hope. They're like, I'm going to be there, I'm going to do that, I'm going to lose this weight, I'm going to, I'll take care of this, I'll get this project done. We don't always, we don't always get done what we thought we were going to get done, but we speak it, and then it ends up not being true. God has never spoken one thing that has not already happened or will happen. My words don't have the ability to bless unless I'm speaking his words. I can't bless people with my words unless I'm using his words. Once again, just my words that I'm making up. 
I can't bless people. God's words have the ability to bless people, to make things happen in their lives. But even though we have Bibles everywhere in the United States, people often miss the blessing. Here's a key verse for our study today. We're going to be in James chapter 1. This is where we're going to kind of study 2 today, verse 25. It says, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So this verse is at the end of the section that we're looking at today. We're going to start at verse 19. So we're beginning right now by looking at this with the end in mind. Then we'll go see how we get to here. The, the Bible is called the perfect law because it's the perfect law that we need. It promises freedom, which we sang about today. It gives us the freedom that we need, which means that sometimes the Bible corrects me. It tells me things that I'm doing wrong so that I can have those chains that I'm bound up in broken in my life. It promises blessing. But again, being blessed by this book is not automatic. It's not magic. You ever seen like an old vampire movie and the vampire shows up and the person grabs a cross and goes like this with a cross? And the vampire goes <laughs> Okay. It's not magic like that. Okay, it's not like and people fall down and they're grasping their ears because they're evil, you know, what they look at the Bible. That's not how this works. And when I was just really falling in love with the Lord, you know, I didn't like reading that much, so I'd like do this, you know. <clears throat> you ever done that? Hoping that what's in here would like get in here, the magic would rub off. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. There's blessing here, but that's not how it works. How does it work? On your listening guy, let me show you. Steps to be blessed by God's word. Number one, I must humbly accept it. I gotta humbly accept it. <clears throat> we began at verse 25, now we're gonna move back up verse 19. Gonna see how we get the freedom and blessing that's promised in verse 25. And, and as we move along today, there's gonna be a little bit of back and forth but I'll try to alert you to the back and forth so that you can understand where we are. Verse 19 says, my brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everybody, 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 everybody at church today. Just, we're just preaching. That's all we're doing here. Everybody should be what? Quick to listen, keep going. Keep going. So, so let's just recap. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, you get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word, the word planted in you. So you talking, you talking? God's, God's already talked and the word planted in you, that can, that can save you. This leads to nowhere. This leads to salvation and blessing, okay? <clears throat> so the word accept right here in the Greek is actually a hospitality term, which means to welcome. So what we're doing is we're welcoming God's word. You wanna be blessed by God's word, you gotta welcome God's word into your life. You gotta humbly welcome it into your life. And James, James uh, says the word planted in you, so he's using the metaphor of a, of a seed that is planted in you. Jesus did the same thing when talking about God's word. Write this down, Matthew 13. Matthew 13, in that particular parable, Jesus talks about this, the seed and the sower, and the, the sower throws the seed out, and uh, all the same seed, you understand that? Throws out all the same seed, but some of it does well, some of it doesn't. 
Okay, and it, it is amazing how you can take, and how many of you have a green thumb? First of all, how many of you have a green thumb? Very good, very good, I don't. How many of you do not have a green thumb? Okay, that's the vast majority of us. I can grow weeds. It's my, I'm a little a bit of an expert in that area, but, but it, those of you who actually know how to grow something, it's amazing to me how you can take two seeds, get them out of the same packet, take two seeds, drop one here, drop one here, this one thrives, this one dies. And it's not, the seed is not the thing that makes the difference, it's the, it's the soil. The soil makes the difference. So he says the seed planted in you, it's, it's the same seed, it's the word of God, but it, has a different effect on different people based on the soil in their heart. Which uh, is why you can take two people, put them in the same service, same worship, same Bible teaching, and one of them leaves and is like, I am convicted, I am changed, today's a new day in my life, and the other one is like, what's for lunch, right? <laughs> One of them sends an email to the church and says, my life has forever been changed. Thank you for the word of God that goes out at this church. And another one sends in a message and says, when's the pastor gonna preach something good? That's same sermon, okay? But that's, what, what, what makes the difference? The seed's the same, what makes the difference? The condition of a person's heart. That's what makes the difference. James says we must be willing to humbly accept. He gives us four attitudes, and I'm gonna have you circle here in this uh, passage of scripture. And the first one that I want you to circle is take note of this. Take note of this, and then write the words, pay attention. Take note of this, pay attention. Give it your full attention, be alert, don't miss it. I think the reason that we miss what God says sometimes is because we're too busy listening to ourselves talk. We're too busy talking to listen. In fact, many of the times, the, 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 the times we get the most trouble are when we haven't listened to God talk, but we've listened to ourselves talk, and we've not done what he wanted us to do. We are doing what we want to do. That's when we get in trouble the most. Or we're, or we're not just listening to ourselves talk, we're listening to other people. By We scroll through social media to see what everybody else says on a particular subject, then we jump on board with that subject and we give our two cents, and our two cents oftentimes is worth about two cents, right? I am not saying that human wisdom does not exist, I'm just saying it does not compare to God's wisdom. And, and sometimes human wisdom does not exist. Have you ever listened to someone talk for like five minutes? And you're, you're, they're really into it, and you're listening to them, and you're like, and about, after about five minutes of them just going on and on, this thought hits you. They're not really saying anything at all. Has that ever, has that ever happened to you? You're just staring at them like their mouth is moving, but nothing of value is coming out of it. Has that ever happened to you? How many of you are doing that right now? Hopefully not. You're not doing that right now. Listen. Human wisdom is okay, but if that's your only diet, that's not okay. You gotta, you gotta prioritize this above, above human wisdom, above your own wisdom. Prioritize his word above your own word. If you're not paying attention, if you're not paying attention to what God has said, you're missing out on some gold in your life. Then he says this, 
Slow to become angry, circle that. Slow to become angry and then, right, take a deep breath. Just, just chill, man. Slow to become angry. I know this is not the all cap series, but have you ever tried to talk to somebody that's just like angry about everything? And they, like they come on strong and they're like, all caps, okay? They're talking and you're like, wow, okay, I don't wanna be in this conversation, so I'm gonna try to change the subject. And so you try and you throw out a new subject, but you find out they're mad about that too. Is that ever happened to you? And what do you do then? Then you start looking for the door. You start looking for an exit. All of a sudden you remember that you have a dentist appointment or something else and, and you get out as fast as you can. Hey, wait a minute, I think there might be somebody in the room who's like that, who's mad all the time who's always grinding an ax about something. If that's you, word from the Lord today, slow to become angry, take a deep breath, man. Because you're not gonna be able to influence other people when you're yelling at them, when you're mad. If you wanna be an influence in this life, you want people to listen to you. In order for people to listen to you, you have to listen first. You have to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, as in take a deep breath. And, and, and I think for us, the condition of our soil, when we get into his word, if we're one of those people that's mad all the time, that's gotta change if we want God's word to be able to grow in us. We gotta get rid of the anger. We gotta let it go. I, ha I have um, not ridden with my family to church ever. We don't, we don't ride the church, except when we're out of town and we go to church together like that. But usually I'm at church very early. I don't know if you know this, but I work on the weekends. And, um, <laughs> and so they don't want to get up that early and come with me and be at the service. So, so I usually arrive early, earlier than they want to. And so we've just not ridden the church together. But I've heard stories about people who ride the church together with their families that sometimes there may be a little tension in the vehicle. Like somebody's running late and somebody was out in the driveway beeping the horn or texting, get out here, come on. Has this ever happened to anybody at church today? Okay, so then you get into the car, you know how this works, and you get into the car and, and it's like tense the whole ride, people are sniffing at each other and maybe some biting comments here and there, and, and it's not good. And then you get to church and the doors open and you're like, hey, how you doing? Oh. Praise the Lord. My family, just love my family. We just... God is good, God is good. Just a... Hashtag blessed, you know? <laughs> Let's just be real honest. If that's how you come to church every week, your heart is not in the condition it needs to be to receive, to humbly accept. So I get a better idea. I get a better idea. I've not tried this because I don't go to church with my family. <laughs> but I'm going to throw it out there as a possibility. How about, when, how about you, you leave five minutes earlier? Everybody agrees to leave five minutes earlier. And, and you get in the vehicle. <laughs> For you, 15 minutes earlier. Um, <laughs> and then in the car, on the way to church, how about this? How about whoever's driving, just lead and say, let's just go around the car and let's tell one thing that we're thankful to God for today. Something awesome that's happened this week. Let's just, let's just talk about it. 
And then everybody just say one thing that they're thankful to God for that week. Hey, that's tilling the soil, man. When you get in the church, your soil of, the soil of your soul, of the soil of your heart will be ready for God to do something awesome, okay? You gotta keep moving. Circle this one, uh, get rid of all moral filth. Get rid of all moral filth and then write, check your heart. Check your heart. Before you, I'm not, I'm not a green thumb person, but before you plant something, you probably need to get rid of the weeds if there are weeds there. Okay, so you get rid of the weeds and then you plant. Check this out, little Bible nerd stuff here. This word filth in the Greek is actually the word for earwax. Earwax, which doesn't make, it sounds like it doesn't make any sense, but it makes perfect sense. If you have sin in your life, moral filth, it keeps you from hearing the word of God. It keeps God's word from getting into you. So he says, here's what we're gonna do. Get rid of that, get rid of that. How do you get rid of that? You just confess it to God. You say, God, I got issues, I got things. First uh, John 1, 9 says, if, if we have sinned, if we confess those sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. He'll purify us from all unrighteousness. So you just confess it, you give it to God. And then in that moment, he, he takes it away so that we can hear him better. We can receive his word better. And I just want, I just want you to know something. God wants you to get better. God wants you to get better. I tell you this at church all the time. I'm going to keep on telling you. God loves you no matter who you are, no matter how sinful your life is right now. God loves you right where you are. Do you receive that? God loves you right where you are. But I also know this from Scripture. God loves you too much to let you stay there. He wants you to look more and more like his son, Jesus Christ. So you must be a willing participant in the process and take some steps in the direction that he's calling you to go. Then, circle humbly accept the word planted in you. Humbly accept the word planted in you and write, be teachable. <clears throat> be teachable. Be humble, be yielded to what he wants you to do. Be teachable. Don't act like you know it all. If you act like you know it all, you won't hear all that God wants to tell you. And you won't receive all that God has for you. So, so just get humble before God and be teachable and be yielded to him and then get into his word. Get into his word and have that teachable spirit that hungers for his word and humbly accept it when it comes to you, when he gives it to you. God says, then you will be blessed. But first, you have to humbly receive it. So pay attention. Take note of this. Uh, be slow to become angry. Take a deep breath. Um, get rid of all moral filth. Check your heart. And then humbly accept the word planted in you by being teachable, okay? And then, James isn't done yet, then he says this, <clears throat> I must reflect on it. If I want to be blessed by God's word, I must reflect on it. Reflect like a mirror, and it's exactly the illustration that James uses here. I'm going to skip past verse 22, we'll come back to it in uh, number three, <clears throat> but uh, verse 23 and following. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away and he immediately forgets what he looks like. So he says God's word for us is supposed to be like a mirror and the purpose of a mirror is to evaluate 
So you, here's how it works. You look at the mirror, you get up in the morning, and you shower or bathe or whatever, and, and then you look in the mirror. And then looking in the mirror is not just like for the fun of it. You, you're like assessing what needs to happen before other human beings are forced to look at you. <laughs> Am I right? You, you look and you see what needs to be combed or shaved or covered or whatever. And so you take care of that. That's what looking, by, by the way, um, a while back I had a, a, a situation uh, that you don't need to know. And so I asked my wife if I could use her makeup mirror and she gave me this mirror that has like a light around it and it like magnifies, like, like boom. And I can't see close up very well. Things are fuzzy. So normally, you know, I get ready in the morning, I'm like, you know, shave here, shave all the way up to my eyeballs, you know, everything. Everything's good, it's I'm all good. But I get this mirror to take care of something else and I look at it and I'm like, what on earth? I was in shock. And what I thought was gonna take like 30 seconds, like 20 minutes later, you know, I used to have hair up here. I found out where it went. It's my ears. My ears are just <laughs> covered. <laughs> so I'm snipping and shaving and you don't need to know all that. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, you, you, you look into a mirror and then you do something about it. If you, don't, if you look into a mirror and you don't do anything about what you see, then what good is looking in the mirror? And James says, God's word reflects what's on the inside of us. So we stare into the perfect law that gives freedom. We stare into his word. And I don't know if you've ever done this. Have, have you ever read the Bible and saw yourself? And you're like, oh man, wow, I am... I'm so off here. This needs to change here. I can't believe I've been saying this or doing this. And, and, the, and the Lord shows us maybe sometimes, maybe, maybe it's affirmation, sometimes it's, it's convicting. And he shows us the error of our ways. Write this down, Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12, I'll paraphrase, God's word knows what's going on. It detects the thoughts, the intents, the motivations, the desires of our heart. And a lot of people, a lot of people nowadays, listen to me, a lot of people nowadays, they know that their life is contrary to what it says in here. Their life, their behavior, <clears throat> maybe things that they're doing on occasion, maybe their lifestyle, they know it's contrary to what God's word says. And so they don't open their Bibles. They don't want to know it anymore. They put it on the shelf if they even have it anymore. And then when someone mentions the Bible, they say, no, I don't believe it. It's full of fairy tales. It's not true. They don't want it to be true, even though I think a lot of people know deep down inside it is the truth. But they don't want to hear it because it's like looking into a mirror closely and they get to see the truth about themselves. Verse 25. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do it, not forgetting what they have heard, 
but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves righteous, yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Here's how we can reflect. I want you to circle, looks intently into, and write, read it. But whoever reads it, looks intently into. This is not a casual glance. He's saying, get into it, investigate it. The word look in the Greek means to stoop down and investigate, to stoop down and to gaze. It's the exact same word that was used for Peter when he went to the tomb on Resurrection Sunday and stooped down and looked into the tomb. He investigated. What James is saying here is focus on the word of God. Investigate it. Look at it. You can look into a mirror two different ways. You can gaze or you can glance. And all of us have done both, maybe do both every single day. Human nature is that we glance whenever we see a mirror. And if we, I would like to do this sometimes, put a mirror in the lobby at all of our campuses. And as people walk by, once they realize it was a mirror, probably if they knew there was a mirror there, probably 99% of the folks walking by would glance at themselves. Okay? Because that's what we do. You can't help but just glance at your chair. Wouldn't that be fun to do that? We'll put a camera above it and then we'll play it on the big screen for everybody. But that's what we do, we, we glance. Human nature is that you glance. Follow me here. But if you only glance and don't take care of what needs to be taken care of, it's not doing you any good. And if the only time that you ever read your Bible is when you're scrolling through Instagram and someone puts a portion of a verse on Instagram, you're only glancing. So what do you do? You read. You pick up your Bible and you read it. You say, well, I don't know what to read. I've heard James is good. I've heard James is good. (laughs) Right? Read that and then do this. Read it again. It says continues in it. Circle that. Continues in it, read it again. This is why I've asked you to read James and then read it again. Because it, we're, we're going to look at God's word and then we're going to continue in it and we will be blessed. If we, it means over and over again that you just consume it. And by the way, that's why we use listening guides at our church. We use listening guides every single week. We don't just use listening guides to give you something to do or to write your grocery list on or to guess what I'm going to say before I actually say it. And I know a lot of you do that, and that's okay. Okay. It's not just for those things, though. Listening guides are so that you can take home what we've talked about and you can review it. You can remember it. You can go back over it again and again and again. And God says that one of the ways that you can be blessed is by continuing in it as in looking at it and reading it again and again. Then another one is this. Uh, not, not forgetting what they have heard, circle that. Not forgetting what they have heard, and write, memorize it. So read it, read it again, memorize it. Nothing will improve your spiritual life more than memorizing some key verses. Here's one that I memorized when I was a kid in junior high. Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against thee. And that is the truth. The more you get into God's word, the more God's word gets into you, the less you're going to want to do things that are not of God's will. I'm not saying we're going to be perfect. My dad wrote in my first Bible that I remember, first Bible that I remember, in the, in the front cover, he wrote, 
This book will keep you from sin. Sin will keep you from this book. That's a good word, isn't it? This book will keep you from sin. Sin will keep you from this book. So get in his word. Let his word get into you. Memorize it. And I'll also say, get a Bible that you can write in. I know some people are anti-writing in Bible. It's okay. This is not like holy like like holy like this. It's holy when it makes a trip from here into here. That's when it's going to bless you, okay? So underline, write, and if you don't agree with that, you're like, Mother, my grandmother's Bible. Well, get another Bible. Just go get there everywhere. Just go to the grocery store and get another Bible. And then write in. You're like, well, what if, I, what if I write in too much and I don't know what to do then? Well, get another one. Write in another one. This is, I think, I think I'm on my fourth Bible now in the last 10 or so years, fourth Bible, that every single word in the entire Bible is underlined. Every single word. And so pretty soon it's gonna be hard for me to read it because I won't know what's important because everything's underlined. And so I'll get another Bible, okay? No big deal. But, but get, God's, get into God's word, let God's word get into you. So accept it with a, with a humble attitude, receive it that way, reflect on it by reading it, reading again, memorizing it. And then here's the atom bomb of blessings here. I must do what it says. If I wanna be blessed by God's word, I gotta do what it says. Reading, even memorizing, is worthless unless I do what God wants me to do. And, and if I want God's word to work in me, to, to change me, if I want to be blessed by God's word, then this, my friends, is a non-negotiable. As I said, we've saved verse 22 for the end. Here's why. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Underline this, do what it says. Do what it says. <clears throat> Wow, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Wait a minute. You can listen to God's word and deceive yourself? How can that even be true? Is, that, is it true? Could it be true? Absolutely, it could be true. Here's why. Because you hear it and you think, good enough. I know what it says. I've, good enough. I read it this morning, read it. It was a good, good passage, good passage of scripture. I went to church, and, and, and we sang some songs, and then pastor preached on this passage. It was good. Learned some things. Good, good. Got some things. Heard it, heard it, heard it. Good. But then if you go do whatever you want to do, whatever you say is correct, instead of what God says is what he wants you to do, you are deceived. You are deceived. You with me? Because just knowing it is not good enough. And I will hear sometimes, it's okay, it's okay, but sometimes people say, I went to church and I felt better. Okay, that's, 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 that's okay. But the purpose of church is not to feel better, the purpose of church is to be better. The purpose of church is just not how you feel, the purpose of church is so that you can become more like Jesus Christ. That the Holy Spirit can do his work in you and form you into the image of Christ, to sanctify you, to, to help you to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. And, and if you hear God's word and then you go do whatever it is that you wanted to do anyway, then you've made yourself the center of the universe. You're your own God. You then make the decision on what's your own truth and your own morality, which means you're deceived. You've heard it, but you're, you're still doing what you want to do and not what God wants you to do. 
James says, we're, if we do that, we're deceiving ourselves. We are hearers and not doers. So let's put this into practice. <clears throat> what is, from today's uh, passages, what's your one action point? From the, from the scriptures that we talked about today, what's your one action point? And by the way, real quick, here's a real easy method that uh, I typically use when I'm reading. It's the SOAP method, and that is you go through some scripture and then you mark some, you mark one or two verses, so that's the scripture, if you wanna see what the acrostic is for, that's the scripture, and then you observe who's God talking to, why is he saying it, what's he saying, is he, has he got a principle that I need to <clears throat> have applied in my life, is he given a truth, is there something that I'm doing that I need to quit doing, what is, what is there, so you observe, and then you apply, you, you, you have an action point, you apply it, and then you pray about it before you get up and go. Okay, so uh, apply and then pray. Here's the deal. <clears throat> at church today, we've done this. We've looked at scriptures. We've actually marked a bunch of scriptures. We've observed what God is saying. We've talked about it. We haven't applied it. So there's the potential that a lot of people in church today could walk out of church and deceive themselves. You with me? Because they're like, oh, I got it, I got it. It was, a, it was in James, we were James, I think chapter 14. And um, it was awesome, you know, and, and I learned, so feel, feel good. Well, don't just feel good. According to James, you gotta do this, okay? I'm gonna pray for us in a moment, but you gotta do this, right? You gotta do this, you gotta apply it. So what is your one action point? Do you have one written down? Are you writing one down right now? Write one down and do it. Because that's the purpose. That's where the change is gonna happen. That's where the blessing is gonna come. Now, before I let you go, I know one thing. <clears throat> Here we go. The Bible says, God says, God's words. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God's words, we've all like sheep have turned and gone into our own way. God's word, the penalty of sin is death. God's word, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God's word, God says, there's one way to the Father, through Jesus Christ. And if you have not accepted him today, that should be your one action point today. Make him your Lord and Savior. There will be prayer partners at the front of all of our campuses. Come on down. Talk to them before you leave. Get right with God today, all right? Would you stand with me, please? Okay, let's bow and I'll pray you guys out. Lord, thank you for all that you've done to save us. Thank you for your word that changes us and makes us into the image of your son or at least gets us going in that direction. I pray that we would be open and willing and humbly accept it, Lord, and do it and read it and reflect on it and then just do it, God. All for your glory. I pray this in your son's name and all the people said. Amen. God bless, guys. We'll see you next time.